0: Hello. Happy Wednesday. My gosh, I am here in New York. It is sizzling outside. I can't even go outside. And <laughs> So I'm very happy to be here in my office having conversations with amazing event professionals here on the Event Hustler Show. Um, Joanna Pineda is joining us today from Bespeak.
1: Hi, Joanna. How are Hello. you? Hello.
0: I hear it's also very hot where you are in the DC area.
1: It's hot. It's in the 90s and it's muggy. I mean, I I am
0: complaining, and I know, like, people on the West Coast are much worse right now the the really crazy heat, Um, but it's just that I can't even feel like I can go outside these days. I'm ready for, like, a huge storm to come and chill this out a little bit.
1: (laughs) Do you remember when it stayed really cold and everyone said, I'm ready for the winter to be done? And I said, no, no, not so fast, because (laughs) within a couple of weeks, you're going to say, I'm so done with this. Like, we can't wait for the fall. So I never asked for the cold to end, you know, early. I am the
0: same way. I am. Everyone's like, you asked for summer. I'm like, no, no, I did not (laughs) ask for summer. Other people did, but I was very happy spring, winter, fall, all the other seasons are good. But anyway, I don't want to take up all of our time talking about weather. Um, I'm really excited to have you here. I met Bespeak, really, we started connecting with each other last year. Mm -hmm. And since then have had a few great opportunities to chat in different formats. Yes. Um, StreamYard. I feel like we've been on StreamYard a few times together, so yes. that's exciting. Um, but I wanted to make sure that our whole Event Hustler audience got to meet you and hear from you. I do see we have some live watchers already, so welcome to all of you. If you are watching, please be part of the conversation. Let us know in the comments, wherever you're watching. We are streaming on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. Let us know you're here if you have any questions. We're going to be talking about networking today and just this idea of what does virtual networking look like? What does hybrid networking look like? What do your attendees want? What do they not want? We're going to get into all of that. But first, I thought, Joanna, just in case there's anyone in the world who has not heard of you and Bespeak, what would you like people to know about your like your career and your company and what you guys
1: are working on in the events industry? Yeah. So thanks so much. So. So Bespeak is actually a product of Matrix Group International. I'm CEO and chief troublemaker of Matrix Group, and um, we're a digital agency. Yeah, no, my staff will tell you I'm totally a troublemaker. You know, So from the beginning, what we wanted to do was really work with our clients to create really bespoke digital experiences. So we do more than just virtual events. We do websites, we do mobile apps. Um, we, we also have an, um, an association management software. Uh, the Bespeak is really kind of an outgrowth of our work because for many, many years we've helped organizations really to promote their events. And so this is kind of an outgrowth of that. And our, our goal with Bespeak was to work with our clients to, to help them create unique events, if you will. Um, I think that every event should be just as unique as the event that they plan in person. Like if Like, I mean, I think about my clients, the minute that event ends, you know, wherever it is in New Orleans, they're thinking about the next event in Minneapolis. And they're thinking about how do we make this different? How do we take advantage of the fact that we're in Minneapolis? How do we take advantage of the theme that we've got? So if you're doing that in person and you're being really intentional about the brand experience and, 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 and how people are gonna interact and how they're gonna learn and how they're gonna meet with each other, shouldn't you do that in person as well? Yeah. I'm sorry, virtually. Shouldn't you do that virtually? Well, so what, we, what we've what we created is a, is a platform that can be really highly customized in terms of design, in terms of the user experience, in terms of the session formats, and in terms of how people move through the platform, and even in terms of how you bring, say, sponsors and exhibitors to the audiences. So that's, that's
0: what we awesome. do. And I think it's so important now, especially people have been to a billion virtual events, they've seen it. (laughs) Now they want something that's unique and different. And 2020 was very much just a lot of people kind of coming into the virtual space and figuring it out. And in some cases, just repeating what they were doing for the sake of getting it virtual and just getting things off the ground. But I definitely have talked to so many planners recently who are much more thoughtful and, and strategic about that experience and making it different to your point. Than every other virtual event that they've done, as well as everything else that their attendees are going to. Um, So that's super important. When you talk about the customization of the platform, and you mentioned session type, you know, I think branding Mm -hmm. is one of those things everyone says we're very customizable. You know, and that means you can change the colors, (laughs) right? Right. (laughs) You also go and change the colors, right? Yeah, exactly. You also mentioned session type. So can you tell us a little bit, like when you say custom? Yeah. What does that really look like?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, every client actually gets assigned a conference manager who's a very skilled professional who knows the platform, has worked on a lot of events. And he or she kind of works with the client to say, so what kind of experience are we going to have? And so, and then what we do is we figure out what session types, you know, will really help you achieve your goals. So we obviously can do live streams. So, you know, we we actually use StreamYard as well. We work with our clients, and then it gets streamed into our platform, which is in AWS. Um, but but beyond that, even within Streamyard, we work with lots of clients that say, "Look, I want to do a mixed, you know, um, pre-recorded and live." So we can do that in Streamyard. But aside from that, we also have our own video room technology, and we actually have different flavors of these video rooms. We call them Speakeasy rooms. So there's what we call the the round table room, which is a lot like a Zoom room. You you go in and everybody can be on video and everybody can share and everybody can chat. But we also have a presentation room, which is probably more like a webinar room. Only the people who are designated presenters can be on video. You can see a list of who's in the room. The presenters can share and people can chat. But we also have um, what we call dynamic breakout rooms. And those are... Um, so we use this a lot for something that we call morning coffee. And so when you click into morning coffee, based on the kind of the parameters that the the client has, you will get routed to a random group of people in your own room. So say you've got a thousand people and you want for morning coffee to people to be grouped together in groups of four and say 700 people join. Well, then we're going to make as many rooms as we need so that groups of four actually meet together. And we'll spawn as many rooms as needed and you can have two people you can have four people you can have six people you can have ten people whatever number and um i'll talk about the branding in a second the other thing that we have is we have a lounge and the way the lounge works is you basically it looks like a lounge and it can take on different it can be more casual more kind of um groovy hipster lounge more you know coffee break but the common thing is that you see the little the rooms and when you click into one of the rooms and they can be named they can have names they can have topics they can have facilitators when you click into one of the rooms it'll show you who's in the room and then you can enter the room so it's a little bit like at the end of a at the end of the day on a conference you're in a big ballroom and you're like hey where's oh i see liz let me go say hi to liz oh i see i see joanna oh i see brian and then you kind of go up there you can leave the room go into another room so so we have that too um the other thing about these rooms is they can be branded. So we have clients, for example, that say, "Hey, morning coffee is going to be sponsored by, you know, by Taxi Talks. So let's put in a custom logo and a color." We have some clients that say, "When people go into these dynamic rooms, we'd like them to have a question prompt, so we can actually have a question prompt up at the top that says, like, we had one client that had, you know, some really serious question about race relations. We had another client where the question was." If you could have a superpower, what would it be? So with all of these things, what we're doing is helping our clients figure out what kind of a conference do you want to have? And what we're finding is, and you probably, I think you and I have had this, this conversation, You know, early in the pandemic, it was like, yeah, yeah, let's put a bunch of pre-recorded sessions together. But now I think attendees are saying, well, wow, that feels a lot like YouTube, right? So why should I attend at this yeah. time? If, if everything's going to be available on demand anyway, and then they don't watch it. Yeah, exactly. So, so how do you create experiences that hopefully can be just as transformative where people feel like, wow, I just made a friend? And if, if we have time, I can talk about some of the ways that people have put together these different um, session types to create something interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, what I, I really like about Bespeak is that in you know, several people, I think a lot of event professionals, yeah. are thinking about session types, right? They're thinking like do, some are panels, some are keynotes, some yes. are interactive, some are pre-recorded, some are live, et cetera. Uh, but I really like that you guys have these different options for networking because everyone has a different preference. And I think it's smart in any event to give attendees lots of different ways to connect with other people. I think, you know, we've seen some great tools out there. They do kind of one thing and and that's great if that's what your attendees wanna do. Uh, for example, spatial chat, right? If you wanna roam around a room and kind of randomly click on people, that's totally an option, but not everybody loves that kind of networking. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm one of those people that doesn't love it, but I think the idea, like for example, the rooms that you talked about where people see the topics and they can see who's in the room before they go in is a different than, you know, speed networking or yes. so are you seeing that your clients are using like lots of different kinds of networking tools in a single event? Or do you see cut, they kind of say like, okay, our audience likes this. So we're going to try that for this particular event. You or know, mix? We're
1: actually we're seeing most clients want a mix. And I think some of it is they're saying, how can we create a mix so that it becomes experientially varied, right? So it's almost like for this one, you're going to be in small groups. For this one, you're going to be in a large yeah. group. For this one, you're going to be watching. For this one, we're going to start with content, and then you're going to be in breakouts. So just like in an in-person conference, you're going to have different types of sessions. So we have, let's see, we just did a, we just did a conference for the Catholic Health Association, and they used the lounge, and they used the – they used the round table rooms and they used the dynamic breakouts. And they used the lounge for different things. So they used the lounge for what they called um, community updates, where when you entered the lounge for the different communities that they had, if you were in pastoral care, if you were a mission leader, if you were in community benefit, you kind of went into a room with your people but they also had something called an enrichment lounge where there were topic discussions as well as self care topics. So there was a, believe it or not, they had an improv room, they had a journaling room, and then they had you know, a room for people who were new to the Catholic health profession. And, and so it was kind of like, how can we give people different types of topics as well as different types of experiences. So almost everybody mixes it up a little bit, at least two formats. Now let's talk a little bit about hybrid
0: because everyone's going in that direction and talking about it. And there's a lot of talk about these two audiences in-person and virtual, and they need to be best friends and make all these great connections. Uh, Any thoughts around that? I mean, that's a huge topic on its own,
1: Yeah. Uh, but where do you wanna start with that conversation? I guess I'll leave that up to you. So we've done two hybrid events. One was a hybrid conference in April, and one was a hybrid wedding. Uh, oh yes, I need more details about this yeah, hybrid wedding. <laughs> the hybrid wedding was absolutely amazing. So, so I'll I'll tell you about the wedding first because that's super fun. So sure. the hybrid wedding was a hundred person, a uh, hundred people in person, and a couple of hundred people virtually from around the world. And what we ended up doing was we had broadcast engineers virtually who are managing the session into the Bespeak platform. But we also had two people actually at the event, including stationary cameras and mobile cameras. Mm. So that instead of, um, I I think sometimes people think of like a hybrid event where you're live streaming just the sessions, but what we wanted to capture with the wedding, and I, I think I would wanna do this with a conference as well, is to capture the movement of the people and to capture the things that are happening outside of the sessions yeah so that was really fun so the mobile cameras were really fun in that situation and then we had this as you can imagine a very very extensive and detailed run of show for which cameras are we going to show when and what's going to happen and the 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 mother of the bride actually said wow that was really fun like i saw more of the wedding than i normally would have because i was stuck in the tent yeah absolutely but the other thing that we did with the um with the hybrid event was we did this for the wedding. Was the virtual attendees at the end of the ceremony and before the in-person reception? We had a virtual reception, so the attendees went into one of our lounges, and when you went into the lounge, you would see all these different tables with different names. So it was like friends from college, friends oh, from cool. med school, friends from India, you know, etc. There was all, all. I, I mean, I, they swore to me that people would know how to like, you know, navigate the rooms. <laughs> So people went into these rooms and then immediately after the ceremony, the bride, the groom and both sets of parents went into the you know the building and joined the lounge, went into every room to thank the virtual guests. Wow, that's cool. So, so all the virtual guests got to spend a little bit of time with the parents as well as the bride and groom. And they didn't spend a lot of time, just like in person, right? Like you go to the yeah. table, thanks so much for coming. Great, <laughs> yay, thank you. And then you go to the next table. But instead of it just being a broadcast, they were able to say hello to the bride and groom. I'll say one more thing, because it's an Indian wedding and there's a lot going on in an Indian wedding, we actually had virtual, we had in-person MCs narrating the wedding. So like, oh, this is now the part of the ceremony where they throw the ghee into the fire and this is what it means. Oh, this is the part of the wedding where the ladies of the household are blessing the bride and this is what it means. So what it did was I, it it really made the kind of the the five hour event like broadcast. It wasn't a single wow. camera. There was a lot going on. Now the the hybrid event that we did wasn't quite as extensive in terms of the camera work, but it was hybrid in terms of the speakers and the attendees, because we had 120 people in San Antonio and about 500 people virtually. Some of the sessions were in San Antonio. Some of the sessions were virtual, so sure. the in-person folks attended some sessions in person, but for the sessions that were happening virtually, they went into viewing rooms. For the virtual okay. attendees, they the, they attended all the sessions obviously virtually, but some sessions clearly were being broadcast from San Antonio, and some were being broadcast in the virtual studio and being trans kind of transmitted into the virtual platform. So it worked really well. The one thing that I don't think that worked as well, and so this is something that we're spending time thinking about, is how do you create um, movement and interactions between the virtual attendees and the in-person attendees? So what we saw was the virtual folks kind of tended to interact with the virtual folks, and the in-person folks interacted with the in-person folks. So I think the next frontier is how do you get that blending? It may not be. A hundred percent, but that's that's kind of what we're hoping will happen in the future.
0: Yeah, I think I, everyone in the industry is thinking about this. How do we bring these yeah, two audiences yeah. together? And there's some cool things that you can do. Um, one of the things I've been thinking about recently is, you know, everyone uses the Super Bowl example as like, you know, true hybrid. And in that scenario, when you're sitting home watching the Super Bowl on TV, you typically have your pot of people, yes, yes. <laughs> your Super Bowl party there. And you, I mean, the thought has never crossed my mind. Like, I wish I could meet someone who was sitting in the stands. You know? <laughs> just, right. Those experiences are so different that you almost like don't care to meet. But, and so I'm not saying like, there is no point in, in making those audiences merge, but it's one of those things that you really have to think about. Like, what do the attendees want? What yeah. is the experience that they're having? What is the most natural thing? You know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, remote tools to let your both audiences network with each other. But then you have, you know, people in their hotel rooms, like at the in-person event, but totally not at the in-person event so that they can meet people who are not there. Right. Does that really make sense? I've seen uh, two-way screens where it's two-way communication and you're like talking to a screen. We've all seen years ago even, like those robots that roam the trade show floor and they have the head yeah, had, yes. <laughs> and you're talking to another human being. So there's some cool things that people have been doing, um, but I think it'll be really interesting to see, especially as behavior changes so much, <laughs> what people really want. But what we do know is that whether you're attending in-person or virtually, it's all about that connection. That's what people want, is to meet the other people who are attending. The content is just so accessible. Not that it is necessary, obviously there's many reasons why the content plays an important role, but how can you really up the networking side of things to make it a more meaningful experience for your attendees?
1: Yeah, so two things here. One is, I think that where before, like even, even at Matrix, You know, I always had remote staff and then I had in-person and it was we were very in-person centric. And then we would zoom in the remote staff. But during the pandemic, because we're now so diverse, I never know where anybody is. And as people are starting to come back into the office, I still don't know where they are. I think what's going to happen at the office is on any given day, you have no idea where anybody is. So if I need to reach Liz, I'll say, Liz, I'll slack you and I'll say, where are you? and you'll say, I'm at the office, and I'll say, oh, okay, me too, let's meet. Yeah. Or you might say, I'm at home, and I'll say, okay, great, let's just have a Slack call. I'm thinking that the, like, the more we gain facility with these technologies, we might say, oh, well, I want to meet with Liz, she's at this conference, she's an attendee, and I'll say, so are you here or are you virtual? And if you're virtual, then it's no big deal. Hopefully, the platforms like ours give you the ability to you know, create that, that virtual meeting instantly or through yeah. schedule.
0: Yeah, I think it would be very interesting to see that people in person, one of my predictions based on what you're saying is that two people who are in person would still opt to meet virtually because they're at a big citywide takeover or they're at, you know, they just, it's easier. (laughs) The technology makes it so simple that you can say, oh, you're here, but let's just, or like in the office, why wouldn't you just Zoom each other? from across. Right. right. I think there's still obviously a preference to see people's
1: faces. But you know, I think what's going to happen, though, is at the top and bottom of the corporate ladder, there's going to be pressure to go virtual because you're going to have CEOs who say, God, there's two sessions or there's one event that I want to attend. And I, in the future, they may be less willing to kind of have three days, you know, devoted to like one <laughs> half day thing. right? Yeah. But you also have maybe, maybe folks lower in the ranks who don't have budget. I also think that you might have speakers in the future who will say, if I don't have to travel and spend a day and a half, no matter what the fee is, just go ahead and make me virtual. Because if you think about it, like, you say you get, I don't know, you get Shaquille O'Neal. Like, he's awesome. It's awesome to see Shaq, you know, in person. But you're not really interacting with Shaq right? He's basically on the big screen and maybe a few people to get to ask questions. That experience can probably be done, you know, virtually, you know, obviously there might be an opportunity to shake hands with Shaq, but if there isn't, he could be on the big screen taking questions. So I think we're going to need some interesting mixes. I'll just say one more thing about hybrid. I think in our mind, hybrid is many things. It could be... (laughs) You know, I mean, it could be like we have one client that's that said, hey, our B2B meetings are going to be in person, but our education conferences will be virtual. Mm -hmm. We have one client that has said we're going to they offer the same event a couple times a year. And they've decided that a couple of those will be virtual and a couple will be in person. So they're splitting it up in terms of like event. And then we have another client that's going to record sessions in person and then do the event virtually two weeks later. And then we have one that's doing. They have three tracks and the the kind of the most popular track will be streamed. So hybrid just looks different to everybody.
0: Yeah, and so no, it's, it's like boring. Yeah. And, and trying things out, right. You know, we were, t- I was, I don't know, I'm on so many different discussions, but yesterday I was talking to somebody and we were saying you treat it almost like a startup. Like your entire event strategy has to go back to level zero. Everything you've done in the past is now doesn't mean much. You have to start all over again. Try new things, measure the success, hear from your audience, and build based on that. And I think we're going to see a lot more of what you're saying, which is a hybrid event strategy where some are in-person, some are virtual, some have some touch points, some don't at all. And that's, I think, the most successful way to bridge all of these things that you're doing throughout the year. I mean, obviously, there are events that in-person, there's just like you can't replace an incentive trip virtually. It is totally And likewise, there's certain things that there's no need for it to be in-person. There's like content. I think of continuing ed, where there's just your, you need to get the content in. You don't necessarily, I mean, it's nice to network. There's lots of other things that you could be doing at an in-person event, but mostly you're sitting in a ballroom, you know, scanning in and scanning out so you can get your credit. That could now be done totally virtually, and then have a networking reception or cocktail reception or something that's a lot different in person. So I think we're going to see a lot of that. And that networking piece will be, I think, very interesting to see where people go with it. (laughs) But I think a tool like what you guys have makes it a lot easier for a planner to try this, try that, see what works, what resonates, what doesn't, so that they can build an event that their attendees really like. I mean, that's one thing where if all you can do is browse profiles of other attendees, you don't really know if they right, just don't, right. they don't like networking or they don't like that kind of right, networking. You know? Right, right. So um, I really like that you guys have that option for people.
1: Hey, let me tell you about this one group that we work with. Um, they, ha- they run a boot camp. it's an accrediting body. And in person, it would have been maybe 100 people, one day event, and people attending from around the world, just because this is such really, really important content. So in a big ballroom, you would have the speaker at the front of the room and then people would be sitting in table rounds. And so presentation, discussion at the table, presentation, discussion. And they said, Joanna, how are we going to do this? And we said, ooh, we can do this. So what we did is we did a custom import. So Liz on her schedule, uh, and everyone's got a different schedule, Liz on her schedule would see presentation on audit, discussion on audit, and you're assigned to table J. Discussion on the on-site audit or the on-site visit. Oh, you're assigned to table J. So what they did is they assigned people to the same table for the whole day. And what they said was this worked even better than in person because you could interact with the speaker through the chat, but then afterwards, virtually, you were assigned to the same group all day, which meant you kind of were building your own little network. They had yeah. facilitators at each table. And what they said was, wow, in the past they were constrained by space and so what they were actually finding during the pandemics they were getting double the number of people for a couple of reasons one is they didn't have space constraints but the other thing is like people in australia who like are not going to travel all that way for a one-day conference now could do it now the timing was awful for australians yeah. <laughs> but they did it anyway because the content was so amazing so it was really interesting and they're going to continue with virtual because it has worked yeah. so well for them
0: yeah, so smart. I think those that idea too of breakouts and of opportunities for people to be part of discussions is a key to a successful virtual event, especially. Um, I think it's great for in person as well. Just getting people to have those conversations is way more engaging than watching something that was pre-recorded or something you know that just happens to be available <laughs> forever once you watch it. Those are, I think, the big attractions to people showing up and participating. And then of course, if they're making connections, they're meeting the people who they're talking to. Another thing that you mentioned before that I don't wanna miss is this idea of like people being in the office and you'll slack them to figure out, "Hey, where are you? I think that kind of like text back channel or second screen technology, different engagement tools that both audiences are using while whatever is going on is going on is gonna be really key because to your point, not only can you see profiles and then find out where in the world they are, but you can have full conversations and never know if they're sitting next to you in the room exactly. or they're in another country, and then be able to take it from there to other things, I think is just so smart. I see that as a really important key to bridging those two audiences as compared to, you know, screens and making people somehow connect only yeah, through video. Yeah. I mean, we do everything on chat now, right? I mean, We do.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, what would I have done without Slack? And I love just the real time ability to just say, "Hey, you got a minute?" Yes, no, okay, let's do a call. Let's let's pull someone else in. Yeah, unbelievable.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it's great. So I love what you have shared. All this stuff about networking and and tools and trends. Is there anything else you'd like to share prior to us wrapping up our our podcast?
1: Yeah. So. I think if we're talking about networking, I I think we can't ignore the networking that the exhibitors and the sponsors want. And we had a client that I, I I will not take credit for this. This is the um, one of my clients is the European association for international education. And there they did an event with us last year, and they're doing another event in September um, for now. They, they didn't know if they were going to do the event, virtual or in person, and then the city where they were gonna be said, you know what, we're not gonna have the numbers probably, so can you wait until next year? But they, they said something really insightful. They said, in person, we would have brought the attendees to the exhibitors, but virtually we need to bring the exhibitors to the attendees. So so now in a way that's very respectful of whatever guidelines for content and you know you, people who might say, oh, it's getting too commercial, but how can you bring the exhibitors to the attendees in ways that really do provide good value for the, for the exhibitors so that they do feel like they got to network in a meaningful way. What CHA did was um, they had an enrichment lounge where the, the sponsors sponsored one of the, um, they sponsored the discussions and they, they made sure that they weren't gonna be salesy and they were very, very content rich. That was another way that the sponsors, as an example, they're bringing the exhibitors to the sponsors and around content. So EIE is doing those types of things as well through content, through kind of merging the program and the exhibitors, if you will. So I think that this networking, you can't really talk about networking without talking about your sponsors and your exhibitors.
0: Very smart. Yeah, we. we you're absolutely right. And I think that's a smart way to do it is through the content. I mean, people were doing that with in-person as well. Have them, you know, take a seat on your main stage, but have the topic be educational so that there's a tie that's clear value for your attendees makes a lot of exactly. sense commercials in the virtual space we're seeing that a lot yes. in between sessions playing 30 second 15 yes. second commercials you know um we just were looking at a gamification tool that allows people to kind of like do word searches and other things during breaks that are sponsorable you know kind of thinking about how you can to your point bring those exhibitors to your attendees in a way that's meaningful and valuable so they don't feel like they have to go spend three hours walking a trade show floor. These are the interesting things I think are going to make it really hard for in-person trade shows to to not evolve.
1: <laughs> I think it's going to be hard Liz it's because hard. what's going to happen is if you have a split audience and you're an exhibitor, do you exhibit in person or virtually? you have them do yeah. both? And then they're like, oh, my God, I have to be in person and virtual. I think it's going to be challenging. I'm not sure that we have the solutions. The other thing yeah. is you can't beat the analytics that you get. Right, exactly. You know, just virtual, the same thing. Yeah. Um, and you can't beat the... These, like these 30 second ads, I think that's going to endure, right? They're going to be incorporated into the sessions, but wow. Now the meeting planners have to work with all the speakers and say, Hey, at the beginning of your session, you got to run this ad. And so it's just going to be a little bit more coordination, but I think we're going to, we're going to have to do that.
0: Yeah, no, it's so, it's so good. But you know, what you can't replace with the in-person is that, I mean, there's just a different connection with a person when you meet them in person. And so really figuring out how we can, take aspects of that and kind of replicate to whatever degree we can in virtual space, and then take all these benefits, the data, all this other stuff, and, and bring it into your in-person space. It's quite a challenge. So the industry has a lot to learn. You guys are right alongside everyone testing things out and building. So thank you so much for doing that. Um, Before we close out, how would you like people to contact you if they want to talk more about Vspeak or just learn more about you in general?
1: Yeah, so they can go to our website. They can go to uh, matrixgroup.net slash bespeak. Uh, or if you just oh, actually, if you go to bespeak.events, and it's bespeak um, with an EA, uh, autocorrect keeps trying to change it to bespoke. And it's actually, it's a play on bespoke, right? Because we try to make every event really yeah. different. And I, I'm actually really proud of the fact that like no two events have been the same not just visually but in terms of the format. So they can go to bespeak.events or they can email me, jpaneda at matrixgroup.net and be happy to even just brainstorm. I, I love it when when organizations will call and say, if I've got this meeting and I'm not sure like how do we make it special? How do we how do we create like we have one client that said, our meeting is a reunion type thing. It's like a coming home. So how do we you know, pull that off, you know, hybrid or virtual format. Love Mm. those types of challenges. Yeah. Or somebody says, oh, we got, I don't know, 300 sessions. How do we make it so that people can figure out where they're supposed to go and how do we make these sessions, you know, happen? And how do we put 300 sessions on demand? Love those types of challenges.
0: Awesome. Okay. So we'll make sure people get that contact information. We're going to be sharing this on the podcast and the blog and a billion places. I'm sure people will get that. Uh, Thank you so much, Joanna, for your time today. I hope you stay cool and looking forward to connecting with you again very soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for the chance to do this. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. And we will not be back next week live, which is the week right after July 4th here in the U S but we will be back the following week. I think it's the 14th with, three episodes (laughs) back to back on the same day. So uh, we will see you a lot on that day. So have a wonderful time between now and then event hustlers. And we'll see you all in two weeks. Take care, everyone. Take care, both.